Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? Everything's well, man. Just uh, gearing up for the parenting symposium we got coming up. So, other than that, everything's good. And again, that's the first and third Thursday of every month. Tune in. So uh, look us up on any social media platform. Welcome to Fatherhood. You'll find us there. All right, and also I'm pleased to announce we have a special guest, Dennis Williams. How's it going, man? Doing well, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, so uh, first question we normally ask, Dennis, is uh, you know, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, how many kids you got, your ages, and also what do you do for a living or for a purpose? Okay. Um, again, I'm uh, Dennis Williams. I have three kids, uh, uh, one one boy and two girls. Um, my my eldest, his name is Matthew, and uh, he is a vice principal at a middle school on the Big Island in Kona. And uh, and uh, was in 2019 was Hawaii's Teacher of the Year. And um, then I have a, a daughter who's in the arts. She and uh, she's uh, thirty one. And um, my youngest is uh, her name's Elise. She'll be twenty six in three weeks, and uh, she has her master's in accounting and is a CPA. And um, so, really, as a you know, as far as what I do at this point in time, the bulk of my career has been in healthcare. But at this point, because of my intense curiosity, I um, basically launched a software application called Cash Map that is available in Apple's App Store as well as Google Play. That basically we show people how they can manage their money the way banks make money. So that it enables people without changing their spending, they can get rid of debt in half the time, literally change, save thousands of dollars in interest. They have the ability of creating their own personal scenarios and see the power of compounding so they can see firsthand how you can make money work for you to build um, intergenerational wealth and a legacy for your, for your family. Uh, that in turn also you'll boost your credit score. And I've seen marriages improved over it because partners get on the same page. And so uh, my journey at this point is people look at the product that I've created. They'll say, this just seems too good to be true. But uh, banks have been using our money for years. And I'm showing people how to use the bank's money to their benefit. And um and so it's uh, it's it's been an exciting journey, but that's that's what I'm doing now. That's cool. So, how did you get into that? Um, I know that you said that you you worked in healthcare. So, how did you get into teaching people about like finances and saving money and stuff? Well, I have an MBA in finance. Okay, um, and I have also served as fiscal officers at. In my first stint was. Um, uh, at a couple of state hospitals on the island of Kauai. And then I was uh, uh, finance director at a small software firm here in Washington. 
before they kicked me upstairs and made me executive VP for software development uh, for a couple of divisions that merged. But how I got into this was when we first moved here to Washington from, from Hawaii, I, I was asked to run a small mortgage company near Seattle. And one day, a uh, account manager um, from an Australian bank came to do some training for our, um, our loan officers. And he started his presentation with the following phrase. How would you like to show your clients how they can pay off their mortgage in half the time without changing their spending? And the interest rate doesn't matter. Uh-huh. And I heard that. I said, something, something ain't right here. How, how is that possible? And he wasn't terribly good about explaining it. So I kind of dug into it and figured it out. And then ended up creating a, uh, a, an, a, a solution that could be more broadly used as well as minimizing risk to the user and then adding the features of enabling people to uh, uh, kind of create a forward look as far as the impact of the way they manage their money. And so it's kind of been this journey I've been doing ever since. Uh What kind of conversations have you had over the years, like with your kids about money, about how how, how to manage money and how to make money grow in your family? Um, I think the, the the first thing that I um I, I've it's been really important for me to share with my kids is is to recognize and there's another phrase that I use that that we've that we've been pretty mindful of, and that is small changes bring big results. And so it's not the big stuff that you do, but it's the repetitive little things that you do from, you know, one of the things that we required our kids growing up was that they all played music and they all had to practice every day. And so you just keep doing it day after day and and it develops self-discipline. And so money is the same way. It's a kind of a, a kind of a, um, a similar theme of being being mindful of what's really important and um and you don't want to look back and have regrets so and, and you want the ability to to have independence um and 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 the stuff you buy don't do it because you're trying to impress somebody yeah. but do it so that you're living the life that you want to live and you can have the independence. And when you do that, then you will also earn respect. So, so yeah. So like the discipline aspect is important in like all facets of life. Do you remember yeah. like what was the first thing you had to develop discipline discipline around? The thing that I most remember about what my parents had me develop discipline around was when I made the decision when I was, uh, I'm going to say third grade, Mm. I I love music. And so I took up the violin and with learning to play the violin, if I didn't practice every day, 
I mean, if you, if you start playing the violin, I, there's only one way to describe it. It's called cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that you literally have to practice every day. Because when you don't, if I skip a day, I, 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 I can tell the difference. And and so that that's that's probably one of the first things that was really emphasized as far as discipline and 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 repetition. And then the other thing that was really important that um, my my parents um, taught was the value of integrity and the importance of saying when you make a mistake say you made a mistake and i learned in my career matter of fact i've had a couple of people tell me that the reason why i got promoted and frequently put into roles that i didn't have the background for was because when i didn't know something i said i didn't know it uh-huh. and and that i would give people the credit and when I made a mistake, I'd admit I made a mistake and then make it right. And that enabled people to trust me. And and um, and so from that perspective, it actually made my my position more secure. People knew that I had their back and they had my back. And uh, it's such an easy formula along with telling people, thank you. And good job, and I appreciate. I mean, it, 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 this ain't rocket science, gentlemen. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just, I just saw that it just, it just, it's so easy. It works so well. Um, and you're transparent. I don't have to remember what I told somebody because I'm always, I'm always being straight, and I'm dealing with it right away. And um, and it, it's and it's counterintuitive, but where you, um, you know, you gain respect and people's respect and the other one is you don't grow without making mistakes it's a part of you know even though they tell us if you're a person of color you can't make a mistake but the reality is you gotta make mistakes because that's the only way you grow you're not perfect sorry for a long answer to a short question oh no you you good you good if you had to if you had to come up with like a mount rushmore of uh values uh um, just, <laughs> just moral things. Um, I know we have integrity is one that you said. Then, um, uh, uh, self discipline. What, what would be like the other two things? I think the second thing would be that we're here to contribute and to make the lives of those we come in contact with better Uh Uh if they grow i grow you know as as the bible verse says it's more blessed to give than receive right so and that and that really is true there's nothing better than for me anyway as far as seeing somebody be successful and grow and just the just the sense of personal pride and the smile on their face that they get so so that that would be another one, and and then the last one for me would be treating other people the way you want to be treated, uh-huh. and that 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 would pretty much be it for me. That's good stuff. Uh, I like how you said that uh, if you're if you're better, basically I'm better. Yep. It was um, 
I forgot what I was watching. Something on Netflix. Uh, it was a documentary about uh, about uh, coaches. And, uh, Doc Rivers had one, and uh, he mentioned how he came across uh, uh, Africans, like an African proverb, like it's called uh, Ubuntu. That's basically the gist of it. Uh, basically, if, if I'm if I make you better, then I become better myself. Mm-hmm. I've actually been kind of teaching that to my kids. Like, uh, if they do something that's like, uh, you know, bad, and I don't, I ain't gonna say bad, but like, uh, if they like maybe hit his hit their brother or their sister or do something like talking bad about them, I'm like, that's that's not that's not Ubuntu, that's a, that's an Ubuntu. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I would say that's that's definitely something that. Um, me myself, I've been implemented with my from my father to practice with my kids myself. So I'm glad you said that. It's pretty simple stuff, right? Yeah. You just if you just take this simple stuff and you just you just keep repeating it. Yeah. Right? It's not it's not rocket science. Yeah, my son just went in the refrigerator and got a yogurt. He got two though. He got one for him and one for his sister. I'm like, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Just be nice. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Um, talk about your your father. Like, uh, what was he? Uh, what is he like? Or what was he like? Uh, what was it like growing up with your dad? Um, my my dad. Um, I I didn't I, I didn't have the opportunity of not behaving. He was a probation officer. Oh. <laughs> 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 so uh for for youth and uh so so from that perspective um you know my my dad had a had an expectation that we did our best mm-hmm. and uh he also had he also gave us the freedom to make choices so he, he we didn't grow up with an idea that you know um, you know that he had an idea what what occupation we we're supposed to do when we get older uh, he was more there to kind of give feedback, but um, there certainly was never. Uh, there was always an expectation that we we're supposed to do our best, um, and um, in, in everything that we did. Um, and so, I think from from that from that perspective, that was something that you know that was instilled um, early on. Um, the other thing about my dad was he was big into uh, back to managing money. He, he was he was big into investing, um, owning real estate, and and always making very clear for every dollar we got, how do you want to make it stretch? What's what's really most important on where you want to be? So he he was not one he was not one to waste money at all. Um, and so from that perspective, um, you know, and, and I think the other thing was like my great grandfather who came to this country, um, from British Honduras, um, you know, he, he, and, and when my great grandfather came, he left his, his, um, wife and three daughters behind in order to kind of stake things out. And uh, my dad did the same thing. He left. He took the risk and and left a secure role in in Southern California to buy property in Hawaii uh, and move his family there. So he 
he understood what it meant to take risk, you know, because he was clear on understanding what he was wanting um, to obtain as far as what the gain was. And so, um, so not doing things out of fear was was not something that was uh, a, a part of our experience. So how old were you when you uh, moved to um, to Hawaii? Um, 17 or 18 years old. Oh. How was that for you? Was it um, was it like a culture shock? No, actually, it, it wasn't. Um, the um, Hawaii is a very special place. Uh, in which it's a this, this cosmopolitan mix of various um, ethnic groups, uh-huh. in which um, people celebrate diversity, unlike what you frequently see in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, in the rest of the U.S. And so, from that perspective, when we moved to Kauai, you could count the number of African Americans on one hand that were on the island. Uh-huh. Um, it was such a good experience that. Um, for my children, there was no, really no opportunity to talk about discrimination. Right. Um, I'll, I'll give you one example. I, my dad worked in the judiciary. I worked in healthcare. My mother worked in healthcare. And I remember one day, uh, well, one occasion, I had, I had gotten two traffic tickets in two days. Uh-huh. So I, sh- I showed up in court. And and the place was packed. And the bailiff read the first charge. And I'm, 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 I was just kind of thrilled that he only read one charge. But the judge was friends with my dad. And he says in Pigeon, he goes, he get two. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to crawl under the bench. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things where... Um, you know, community all knew everybody, and um, and just the issues of what your ethnicity was was a non-issue. Mm-hmm. It truly was a matter of what your character was, and so it was. It, it was a great place to great place to be as far as you know raising our kids. That's cool. So, speaking of raising your kids. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience raising your kids in Hawaii? Like, what was that like? Um, it was it was a really good experience. Um, my my parents lived a third of a mile down the same street that I lived on. My my in laws lived twenty minutes away. So my kids could hop on their bicycles and ride down to their grandparents' house. My uh, in-laws would frequently come over and work with the kids in the garden on Sundays. And we'd go to their home on Wednesday evenings. And we'd see each other at church. And uh, we'd be at my parents' home on Tuesday evenings. And so, you know, my the the, the grandparents were a big part of my kids' lives. Um, when I would have to travel, the kids would get shuttled between the grandparents. Um, holidays would come and, you know, we'd go down and stake out 
our place at the at the ocean at 6 a.m. Frequently, my 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 father-in-law would do that, and I would join him. Um, when we got married, hmm. um, between the two families, we and I in, at my reception, we had 800 people. That was cool. And uh, and and the for the full-on sit-down dinner, it, it was people had you know one family on my in-laws side they went out and caught all the fresh tuna and, and prepped it so it was just basically a real strong sense of of people kind of coming together and helping each other and and working hard and, and enjoying life and and that and that really that is really kind of what the aloha spirit is all about is that sense of community and um and um that some of the divisiveness that I see here on the mainland just just doesn't exist. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great place to be. So, Dennis, why would you leave? <laughs> Especially for uh, I was so just I- thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the challenges one of the challenges in Hawaii. Um, was um you know in the early years and i'm 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 i was very fortunate to have been able to live there and and participate in that and that part of the history was uh sugar and pineapple were king and and so with that um mostly union jobs wages were were really good mm-hmm. um but um when when the us phased out um of farm subsidies to make up for what the European economic community was doing in which they were growing too much sugar and dumping it on the market. Sugar went out the door, tourism came in, it became more of a service. And with that drop, declining wages, and we saw a rise in, in families having to have multiple jobs um you know and and multiple families living in houses and so it started to put stresses on the family uh-huh. and uh and then so from that perspective um we we recognize that um it 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 definitely was creating family strain and so we decided that we needed to um to, to look around to see what other communities that we could find that uh, uh, that could match that, and we were also seeing increasing challenges in the schools, and so we literally just searched across the entire U.S. and and in which we discovered uh, the Canadian community as being a great place to be. Uh, we found a great church and a great school, and so we ended up choosing Bellingham, Washington, and we would uh, all three of our kids would commute across the border every day for school. So all three of our kids graduated from a high school in Canada. Cool. So it's it's a definitely a different way to live, but it it worked out really really well. Do you feel like you ever go back? <laughs> Yes. Um, at, at this point, though, um, you know, my youngest 
of course, she's on her own now anyway, but you know, her comment is after you live here for a few years and the weather is just totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll, she'll say, I'm sorry, but sun is overrated. Uh, it's, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, you know, for me, if the temperature drops below 70, I'm cold. Yeah. But at this point for my wife, who was also born and raised on, on Kauai, she's now decided that Kauai is too hot. So, um, so we're at a standoff as far as exactly, <laughs> you know, where we're going to go. We, 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 you know, we live in a great neighborhood here um, in which, you know, um, as a case in point, um, you know, when COVID hit, um, where I was working from home, I could, I started walking around in the neighborhood. I got to know my neighbors. It's an old neighborhood. People have these, have these old fruit trees, got to know the neighbors. And now when I go walking in the summer, I just grab a bag and, and, uh, and um, go pick fruit for free. Cherries and pears and peaches and plums. And I got one neighbor who's got five acres with 200 trees. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, you know, nobody, nobody is very empathetic of my suffering here. <laughs> it doesn't sound like suffering at all. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> like a utopia, man. He's walking and eating from the land, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. One of the same neighbor puts out eggs. You pick them up for free. You just go through yeah. and get a carton and return the empty ones, and he refills them. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's real cool. So uh, speaking to your fatherhood experience, so um, you know, your kids are basically all grown. Right? Yes. So what phase of... Uh, fatherhood as you like the most was it uh, newborn toddler early uh, grade school was it high school uh, I can tell you what it was <laughs> definitely not baby no no you like changing diapers <laughs> I, I, I can outsource that part uh, <laughs> um, you know that whole thing of the, when they first bring them home and they're waking you up and and uh, you know, uh, I'm a light sleeper, um, so you can keep that. I, I think I enjoyed it from when they, well, when they begin to be able to express themselves and 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 just be enamored over the simple things of life, and they enjoy being with you and um, and just just doing simple stuff. Um, I, I think you know, I think that, you know that's I think that's probably what I enjoyed the most. You know. Um, you know, once, once you hit the teenage years and, and, uh, you know, you're now, you're now managing varying expectations and depending on who the friends are and you're, you know, it just, it just becomes more complex. It wasn't, wasn't unpleasant, but it's just more challenging because now somebody's, uh, you know, they're becoming an adult and they think different than you and, and so there's that balance between you know, that freedom and at the same time uh, recognizing they have to learn things on their own. Yeah. I know that you said that your, that your dad allowed you know you and your siblings to make your own choices. Do you um, did you struggle with that with your own kids? No, I mean the feedback I've gotten from my kids has been. 
especially for my daughters when they went to college uh-huh. uh, and they would say, you know, you know, it's like, number one, I would, I would only call my kids when they were in college. We'd call them once a week. So we weren't, we weren't one of these hovering parents. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and like my father, we didn't tell them what they were supposed to study. And um, so my daughters would say, man, compared to these, my classmates, it's almost like you guys don't care. Because, <laughs> you know, some of these folks, the parents are talking to them every day and they're telling them what career they're supposed to do. And, and, and the other side of the coin is, you know, frankly, being an African-American, when you're going to be dealing with, you know, with some of the nonsense that goes on, you, you got to be tough. Um, and and so my daughters discovered that, you know, for some of their classmates in the dorm, every little thing, they're on the phone with mommy and my, my daughters are saying, boy, do my parents love us? They don't, they, don't, they don't do any of this stuff with us. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, that was a, that was a, a bit of a surprise experience. <laughs> but you know, they're they're all very independent and um, strong opinions, and um, you know, and and now it's a matter of of recognizing that as as I told. I told my, I told all three of them, I'm here to help, but I certainly can't impose anything. And I gotta, I gotta leave it up to you guys to decide to ask, you know, for my counsel. Of course, as they go to college, they come home and you know, they're excited about the stuff that they, that they learn. And, uh-huh. and uh, often it's stuff that we try to teach them. Of course, then the response would be, you, you, you never told us that. I never heard that from you. <laughs> you know, and, and now you're in a phase that, you know, you know, they you know they, they think they're brilliant and and somehow we don't know anything. And I don't know. Somehow I kept the food clothes on your back and a and roof over your head, but you know, I may not be that bright, but somehow I did it. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about that in one of our sessions, like um you can't be a prophet in your own home or in your own land. So, yes, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and nor is there any respect for your sense of humor. It's like, please don't encourage him. <laughs> dad, the dad jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and then there's a sense of surprise. Wow, what? Well, but my friends like talking to you. Oh, you know I'm. You might you might want to take note. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Exactly right. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Did you have any any differences in the way you treated your daughters versus your son? Or was it pretty much uniform across the board? Always uniform. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was uniform. Um my my youngest. She she had the chore of mowing the lawn. Um, all three of them know how to cook. And they they all cook really well. So um, you know, 
None of them, none of them are, are going to be in a relationship because they got to depend on somebody to do something for them. They, they, they all can stand on their own two feet. Do, um, have you talked to, well, do you, do, do your children have children yet? Or are you grandparents yet? Well, let's even go further than that. Are they, yeah. are they even seeing anybody? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like what, uh, what type of advice did you give them about like dating and, and going out with people? I think the biggest thing that I have told them, especially for my daughters, is you want to be connected with somebody who has an honest sense of evaluating who you are, what you become, and and that and they are committed to assisting you in getting there. Uh, you are you are not you are not there to be to be second fiddle. You you are looking to find a full on partner in which it's a it's it's mutually beneficial. Uh-huh. You support them and they support you. And uh, and the other thing I guess is really important was the idea of how you manage money. It's your family. There's only one pot. And it's not based upon who makes the most money. Who makes the most money is not an issue as relates to who gets to make the decision. Um, and and for my for my wife, she homeschooled, so you know more than one time my my son will would say, "Oh, mom, let dad do whatever he wants with his money." Nope, not that's not an acceptable that's not an acceptable. Um, uh, attitude you're you're a family you're a partner everybody's bringing something to the table and therefore it's our money it's not my money um and and so from that perspective that's that is probably as i moved into this era area of financial management education a lot of men do not have that attitude you know, and, uh, and 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 of course another another thing that I did early on um, was my dad managed all the money in our house, um, and when we got married, and we did have financial challenges as far as sticking to a budget, I made the choice of having my wife ma- manage the money so that she could see what was coming in. And 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 move things into a place of of again just partnership and understanding where the dollars were going, so that there's total transparency. Uh, my next question uh, for you, Dennis, is uh, how are you uh, different from your parents? Uh, and- well, that's a good question. How are you the same? How are you? How are you similar? Um, I think that I I'm very I'm very consciously aware that words matter. Um, and and I think that partially came from just watching arguments over money, and sometimes seeing. Um, 
that frequently there was a lack of of putting yourself in your partner's shoes. And so from that perspective, the words that I use are really important because I do believe strongly that obviously you can say you're sorry, but even if you, when you say you're sorry, you can't take the words back. They're out there. And, and so the idea being is, is ask, ask yourself the question, if I was the listener, how would these words affect me if I was to hear them? And be consciously aware of the effect that you're looking at your words to have um, before you before you open your mouth. Um, I, I have to say that that was not something that was something that was consistent that my either one of my parents exercised, and it's something that I. I really strive hard to do. Um, I think of ways of some similarity. Again, what I mentioned, um, I'm totally focused on on the idea of discipline and being consciously aware of trying to do your best and 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 emulating that um, and expecting that. Um, from every member of the family. Um, other area, which we haven't talked about, we were actively involved in the in in in, in the civic civic issues like like politics. So we would, you know, we had friends that were, you know, um, you know, that were government officials, and so we would be out there campaigning. We we understood. Uh, the importance of voting. So I have never failed to vote. And that was true for my parents as well. We always voted. Um, we may not like what happens when someone gets in office, but that's no excuse not to vote and to make your voice heard. And so that's something that, again, my kids are very active with as well. How um, how long have you and your wife been together? I think it's been all my life. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, let's see. It has been thirty-seven years. Oh, uh, congratulations! When is your uh, when is your anniversary? September one. Oh, that's cool. So just a uh, couple of months ago. Congratulations. And and I would have to say it never gets easier. Okay. <laughs> Just for the record, it's you're continu you're continuing having to be consciously aware of what you do and how you treat your partner. Hmm. So let me ask you: in those thirty-seven years, um, what have you learned about yourself through your interaction with your wife? Which day are you talking about? <laughs> today <laughs> I mean literally it doesn't stop mm. it, it, you know you 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 every day you get up it's 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 repeating the same process it just there's no such thing as saying ah I got I got this nail I don't have to worry about it what do you, what do you feel like, 
maybe somebody else can do that, but I haven't figured that out yet. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not that bright. <laughs> do you, Do you feel like she learned something about herself through her interaction with you? Oh yeah, most yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, you you, you know, you come from. I mean, I give you something just so simple is, um, you know, when we grew up. Uh, before we moved to Hawaii, um, my dad would turn down the thermostat at night for the house to be cold. So I was used to having the blankets all tucked in, things tight. I'm not one who moves a lot. And first night we were we were slept in our own place. I found out I was had a partner in the bed with me who. Don't don't like to be covered up and blankets come undone and you know I nicknamed her the sheet terminator. I mean it, it woke me up. So I mean stuff that you just never would think about that you know you end up having to adjust to. Yeah. So you know I got I got over that. So, so, so that that would be an example. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned earlier about uh, the important the importance of discipline and um, what what kind of techniques or, or uh, I'm not gonna call them tricks, but what, what kind of techniques did you use to discipline your children growing up? Well, first of all, first of all, when it comes to disciplining kids you don't discipline them the same way because the soft point for every kid is a little bit different. Yeah. Right. So, um, so you kind of find out, you kind of find out what they like, what they like to do. And, and then you use that as a mechanism for getting leverage. Right. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that my parents did to me that worked really well with all three of my kids is, as a case in point, we weren't allowed to waste our food. And so I, I, I remember I was like five years old, four or five years old, and it was it was time to go to church and I wasn't eating my my cream of wheat. And, you know, my dad said, so I mean, this is back to discipline. I mean, I guess the, the 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 principle here is this: don't threaten. And I and I did this. I do this at work as well with people. I don't have to yell at you. I'm just going to tell you: if you do X, I'm going to do Y. So I go make sure I'm going to tell you what's going to happen of something I'm going to actually do. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say something like you do this again. I'm going to throw you out the window. Um, we're, we're going to, we're, we're going to come up with something that we're actually going to do. So my dad said, you don't finish eating. You're going to eat this for lunch. And I, I didn't finish. So later that day, after we came home, we were having guests over and I came home and I was hungry. I couldn't wait to eat lunch. And we had guests coming over friends. And my, my dad came in the kitchen and he said, you ain't having this food. 
you got your cream of wheat in the, in the, in the refrigerator. And of course, cream of wheat, when it gets cold, that's the worst, right? Because it gets congealed and hard. And, you know, and my, my mother got out the potato masher and, I don't, you know, I'm sorry. Once cream of wheat gets lumpy, ain't nothing you can do about it unless you put it in the blender and they weren't going to go that far. So I, I had to hurriedly gag down that cream of wheat before my friends came so I, they wouldn't see me eating cream of wheat at dinner. Well, years later, my kids were doing the same thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> Only happened once. And and then when one time my kids were coming home from college and they had a friend of theirs who was really a finicky eater. And and I had totally forgot about it. And my daughter proceeds to tell us how he how she told him what I did to them. And I had totally forgotten about it. And her response was, only happened to us once. What well, what was the food they wouldn't eat? It was oatmeal. Mm. Okay. So, you know, only happened once. <laughs> so there there are some things that live in infamy that <laughs> when it comes to discipline, you only do it once and the lesson is taught in it. And uh you don't do it again. <laughs> did did they um did they eat it during their lunch or did it take a little bit longer for them to finish the oatmeal? Um yeah, I think they did have to eat it. And uh that was the last time. <laughs> we had to do it once. <laughs> so, you know, didn't have to yell, didn't have to swat them. I did the trick. <laughs> That's cool. You just gotta be so, creative. So what do you think about like um you said swatting? So like uh spanking your kids, are you like a spanker or you're not with spanking? Like what do you think about that? Well, I think frequently hitting your child is a is is basically being what's the word that I want? A lack of creativity and more of a reaction out of you being angry mm -hmm. rather than being thoughtful. Now, does that mean I've never spanked my kid? No, I have. I one of my one of my hobbies was um, keeping saltwater tanks, saltwater aquariums. And mm -hmm. one day I walked into my the bedroom and my son had taken Elmer's glue and was putting it inside of my saltwater <laughs> tank. He got a spanking. Yeah. Um, I had to go to the store and get special stuff to eliminate the toxicity so that it didn't kill my saltwater fish. So, um, but I think, I, I think I, I think I maybe, I only had to spank once or twice in all their life. Okay. So, so you knew not to put anything in your tank on the floor after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, didn't cross his mind. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need to resort to that. You simply, and the other lesson I learned, and again, I'll apply this as being uh, a manager of employee. Deal with problems when they're small. 
dealing with them when they're small, they don't get big. So then you don't have the problem. Yeah. You, don't, you don't, don't sit there and think it's cute and then decide you want to get fed up and then explode. Nah. Deal with it when it's little. And then when you deal with it when it's little, when it's something that's big, you don't you tend not to have something that's big because they listen to you. Uh-huh. Right? And that's true whether it's your kid or it's an employee. You know, you know, in the workplace, people would learn. Don't don't you you need to listen to what Dennis says because he ain't gonna yell at you. And if you decide to ignore him, you're the fool. Because he'll do it. It's like uh, getting the snowball before it rolls down the hill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't like confrontation. So I learned early on the best way to deal with confrontation is to deal with it when it's small. Uh And and then when people see that you deal with it when it's small, they don't test you. Or, and and if the fool does decide to... And okay, as my father-in-law used to say, "Up to you, free country." So that's, is, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you good? No, no, no. That's it. So that's that's how I dealt with discipline. And I, it's no different in the workplace as it is what I what I do with my kids. Okay, I was just gonna ask, like, how do you and your wife handle um, conflicts within your relationship? Um, that, that's probably been a, um, a process that has evolved. Um, she's more reactive and I tend not to be. And as we've gone on with time, um, I have learned to be more, uh, clear of where I am and where I'm not. And, um, and that just puts it all on the table sooner rather than not saying something. Okay. You know, so there's two extremes, right? Not saying something and not thinking before you speak. Mm-hmm. Both of them can both of them can be harmful. Yeah. And so um I've I've certainly again I've learned the power of words and to and to and to think about what you say before you say it and being silent is 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 frequently not the best strategy either so there's a balance I forgot how the saying goes but they say uh your thoughts become your become words and words become your actions so mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're getting that right but uh <laughs> yeah that's uh that's uh, interesting, man. So, uh, how how have you um, how have you grown as a man since you've become a father? Hmm. Like, well, I mean, I, I would have to say that again. You know, it's like the Chinese proverb. Uh, you know, a journey starts with a single step. And and so that being the case, these all these things that we've been talking about, it's something that you continue to reevaluate every day. It's 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 not like 
you snap your fingers and somehow you're transformed. Um, I, I would, you know, everybody, for example, everybody likes to talk about a legacy, right? But what people don't realize is we all are creating a legacy, whether or not we are thinking about it or not. You know, um, I, I had an experience recently, actually, well, it's not recent now. Um, my son was asked to speak to a symposium in Hawaii, and a friend of mine sent me his remarks. And I had just been talking to a manager about my philosophy on the way that I manage employees. And um, and uh, so I I listened to what my son was saying, and I was I was floored because his philosophy was identical to mine, but I had never actually said it to him before. So I sent it to this manager and asked him to listen to it, and the guy comes back and says, "Did you teach this to your son, or did you learn it from your son? Because the two of you sound like." Identical. And I said, I'm shocked. We've never even talked about it. But just by observing, you know, over the years of, of just listening and how I treat people, and he incorporated it. He didn't learn from your words, he learned from your actions. Exactly. Yeah. So just, just, just being consciously aware. Yeah. So that that totally blew me away. So go ahead. You got one, Dr. Young? Uh, you can go ahead. So uh, next question I have is actually a question I already asked you, Dennis, and you gave a real good answer. Uh, the question was, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And you said uh, guiding learning and growing with my wife and children. Real simple. We kind of already been kind of talking about some of these things, but uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Um, well, for example, when you're talking about guiding, um, it's these spontaneous moments in which your child will react in which you take a step back and say, no, there's another way of thinking about this. All right? So, you know, when my son might say to my wife, mom, let dad do whatever he wants with his money. It's his money. Guiding is stepping forward and saying, nope, that is not a behavior that I support. That's not what it means to be family. Right? Another one is protecting. I didn't talk about that. Um, one of the things that my father was really big about, which I also did, was when I would, you know, something happened to school. And, and it wasn't right. My dad was at the school. It, it did not just go by and just say, just deal with it. 
And, and that's exactly what I did with my kids. If there was some nonsense going on, the teacher heard from the Williamses as it relates to, you know, what needed to change. So, so from that perspective, that was a, you know, and they also saw that we had an expectation of excellence of teachers. And when they did not act in that manner, we didn't just say, oh, well, what, whatever. We, we, we were engaging with them and basically saying that this is not appropriate. Or, or somebody wanted to say, oh, sometimes you, you, your kids are just smart. No, my kids, ain't, my, my kids ain't any smarter than anybody else. We expect them to do their best every day. That ain't smart. That's a repetitive habit that in turn creates behaviors so that they do well. So that's protecting, that's guiding, that's um, um, yeah, um, all at the same time. So again, back to the same idea, the little stuff matters. You don't let it slide. You're on it. You ain't gonna, you know, somebody's not gonna pull something over on you and think they're gonna get away with it. Nope, not happening. How's that? How's that for an answer? Is that does that give a bit? <laughs> well, it's perfect. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. <laughs> I saw it. I know we're getting close to time, uh, so I have one last question for you, Dennis. Um, if you could give advice to any new father or a young father starting out, uh, what, what would it be? Engage. Don't, again, look over the little stuff. Spend the time Spend the time reading with your kid. Spend the time so that so that your child knows that what they're doing matters to you and is not just their mother. And, and the other lesson I would learn that I that I learned the hard way. This is especially true for when uh, young men are beginning to move from into being a teenager. This idea that it's not. The quantity, but the quality is nonsense. Um, uh, do not, you know, the, the reality that we all feel as men is the need to provide for our families and to put in the time that we need in our careers. I used to work long hours, but my dad pulled me aside at one point and said, you don't spend more time with your kid, your son, you're going to be paying the price for it. And um, and I can tell you that when we moved here, and I moved here without having a job, and I spent the time, we saw the dividends. And so, so as as men, as fathers, we are not to delegate the role of of guiding and engaging. Um, to their mother or to anybody else, because they they need us as being a partner 
and being fully participatory in the process because each parent brings a special um, um, contribution to raising a child. I like that. So not just being in the room with your kid, but actually be uh, involved with your kid. Like sit yep. down with them, play with them, play the video game with them, go for walks with them, like really be there and be present. Yep. And, you know, I didn't always do that. That's, that's my point. I didn't always do that. And I think, you know, I think my, my daughters would specifically say that dad spent too much time working. Uh, and, and, um, but um, it's, it's a hard balance to strike, but nevertheless, Back to the earlier question. Every day you're having to recalibrate. It's it, you. You never you, you never have this nailed down. You you never do. Sure. Hey, what's up? Man? I, I want to say thank you, uh, Dennis. It's been an excellent interview. Yeah, we have a what's called a we, we used to call it Hall of Fame, but we switched it to Hall of Fathers. <laughs> so. I would definitely like to nominate this one for the Hall of Fathers. Dr. Young, is this a Hall of Fathers episode? What do you think, man? Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to raise it in, raise your jersey in the, in the Raptors, man. What, uh, what number would you be if you had a jersey to hang up in the Raptors? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. Whatever you want to give me is fun. <laughs> I got it. 37. Hey, 37. There you go. For the years of marriage. That's good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, it's been great. I, it, it's great connecting with you guys. And, um, you know, I think what you're doing is, is awesome. And if there's anything else I can do to help um, and contribute in any way, in all honesty, by all means, let me know. Because um, it's uh, frequently people learn these lessons when it's too late and they wish they could turn the clock back, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm and I'm fortunate. I got that. There are things that I do wish I could do different, but by but by and large, I have I'm fortunate to have three kids that are all focused on making a positive contribution in the lives of those who they come in contact with. And no house is perfect, and so I'm certainly not. But I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I'm, I'm, I'm a proud father. I can see that, man. This, this has been great, Dennis. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I, I, what I like about doing this is uh, we, we uh, tend to get gems from each dad that we talk, talk to. And um, I would say one of the gems I got from you was uh, to don't threaten your kids. Say what you're going to do, then do it. Right away. I like that. That's my nugget. I pull up in this one. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, remember the phrase uh, with uh, President Obama, no drama Obama, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'd have to say I'm, 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 I'm one of those kind of people. I don't like drama. No. It's a waste of time and energy. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, again, Dennis, uh, thanks again, man. Uh, Dr. Young, did you have anything else? Any other questions? Uh, 
no questions. That's uh, I just want to say thank you again. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitations. I'm happy to uh, share. Don't hang up, Dennis. We're gonna do a little small little post game to kind of you know cool down a little bit, but uh, we're going to wrap it here. So for myself, for Sir Royce, for my uh, prestigious colleague Dr. Ryan Young, and also for our special guest Dennis Williams. Thanks again for uh, listening and watching. Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements.